the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money investing and more. It has been a weekend of Berkshire Hathaway. Kind of makes my job a little bit easy because I think he is one of the best. At times, I feel most importantly, I should shut up and listen to the best. I hope you get a little bit of that over the weekend and in the coming days and read his letter to shareholders. I think it's solid stuff. Warren Buffett made a lot of news, Um, a ton of news. Why didn't he buy more Berkshire Hathaway during the quarter? Why is he against buybacks, which seem to be politically correct, he said. He said he's not breaking up the conglomerate, his own company. Um, He owns a lot of small companies. When you own Berkshire Hathaway, you basically own a mutual fund. He says he and Charlie Munger in good health. That's a big question. (laughs) His partner, who rolls out onto the stage on occasion, is 96 years old. Um. Now, there's a lot of people at Berkshire Hathaway, but kind of their two figureheads are still their oldest. Um, With Warren Buffett, you're talking 89 years old. So there's questions about who's going to succeed uh, one another. What's it going to look like when the company has their two senior partners six feet under? I don't mean that as a negative. Warren Buffett hasn't announced any big purchases. In fact, what he's announced during this crisis is a big sale or two. And one that has gotten people riled up is airline shares that he had owned. Warren Buffett is one of the richest men in the world, and he's a self-made man. Started, you know, uber, uber, uber lower, lower middle class or upper lower class and worked his way up. Didn't get anything along the way that looked like cheating. Uh, no venture capital company that, you know, he bought at 10 cents that sold for $100. So he's been an investor's investor. So when I started studying him, one of the things that I knew about him 25 years ago was he didn't like airlines. He had once bought TWA, Trans World Airlines, but I had nicknamed it Teeny Weeny Airlines because it was small. And it went belly up on him. And he's like, he never bought an airline again until 2016. He held off 20 plus years. He bought American, he bought Delta, he bought United Continental. 
Um, picked up big positions, 5% plus positions. And he sold them all. His quote, and this should be enlightening maybe, unless you're like, oh, he's just an old, stupid, second richest man in the world. His quote, which should be concerning, is the world has changed for airlines. And I don't know how it's changed, and I hope it corrects itself in a reasonably prompt way. But I don't know whether the Americans that I know will have now changed their habits or will change their habits because of an extended period of time if that happens and there were semi-shutdown in the economy. So his lack of seeing the future of when do people come back to flying gave him enough concern that as an investor, he doesn't want to wait. He thinks the source of funds would be better elsewhere. Remember when the market's going down? And when it started to bounce back up, a lot of analysts like myself were saying, hey, look at your portfolio. You missed the first chance to sell off your losers or your stocks that you don't really want or the stocks that you were stretching to get a couple years ago. He's kind of saying the same thing to me. The Oracle of Omaha said the future is much less clear. And when you listen to the show enough, when you're part of the 10-hour club, you'll hear me say something along the lines of, well, there's going to be the 2019 earnings, and the 2020 earnings kind of suck. And the 2021 has above suck, but question mark. So the Oracle of Omaha said, future's much less clear. He said, what's more, if the airline business comes back at 70 80%, there will still be too many planes and oversupply of airline seats. So... In his number, 70 to 80%, which is kind of reasonable for a rebound in 2021, you know, my sugar booger, uh, I've got a ton of credit card points, right? I'm one of those credit card enthusiasts. I make sure to max them out as best I can. And we're looking at our statements. I'm like, hey, we got some, we got some travel coming up whenever we want it. And we can be a little more exotic. Um, and she goes, I don't know when I'm going to feel good about wearing a mask on a beach. I don't know when I'm going to feel good about wearing a mask on a plane. And I'm like, fair. And when are you going to feel good getting into a hotel room where you don't know if the last guy in the room died? Which reminds me, I like to buy most of my mattresses from murder scenes. It can be pretty comfy, and all you got to do is throw red sheets on top of them if it was a murder scene. I know, I know you're saying, disgusting. And you know I'm kidding. But I think the airline thing is a big story, and I think the story inside the story. I don't own any airlines. To me, he's just not expecting our psychology to get back above 80%. And at that point, when you're on an airplane and you look around and you see one in every five seats open, roughly, you can just go with that. More open seats than than, than in the last year. He's going to be like, those airlines are going to get greedy. And they're going to say, hey, we can get you know a lot more than just $250 for a butt in the seat. We can get you know uh, luggage fees. We can get them on credit cards. We can get them on elsewhere, too. So they may slash the ticket price to put the, the butt in the seat. Markets aren't doing a whole heck of a lot today. Um, but 
let's talk more about Buffett as the show goes on. For sure. He's an interesting fellow. Um, a lot of what he buys is stuff that makes sense to him. Because when he looks at the financials, it, it doesn't calm him. I don't want to use words. But generally what you see is a company that can create cash flow. And that doesn't have a ton of competition. So Oracle Omaha made one heck of a case to raise cash right now. It wasn't the sexy Andrew Cuomo pressure, but Berkshire Hathaway did the shareholders meetings on Saturday and they're kind of goofy in the past. You know, he's walking around drinking sodas and shaking people's hands. He's kind of a rock star for investors. It has obviously changed rose colored glasses on the perspective of airlines, but what else? We'll talk about some of that as the show goes on. You can do yourself a favor by Googling Warren Buffett shareholder letter. Read it this month. Just get a, a concept of what a really smart guy thinks about the world. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, You're also at NewFocusFinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW, and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Last year, 2019, was a fun year. Got my kids to their first concert, like legit concert, where it was truly amongst fans and not amongst children. You know, not like, oh, Andy's going to sing the ABC song to all the kids. Oh, Andy's a horse. No, I went to a legit thing, and it sucks. The COVID has taken away music for me and my boys. Uh, we were going to see Green Day this summer. Uh, now we can't, right? We'll talk about that because I do believe there's a story in that. Um, the year the music died. No doubt about it in my book. Wow. Were there some explosions this weekend other than Warren Buffett dropping the bomb? I should be careful on that one. Other than Warren Buffett dropping out of airlines? There was. President Trump said Sunday that his administration is very confident the coronavirus vaccine will be ready by the year end. He also said that following up Pompeo, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, that China probably created the virus in a lab. We've got enough evidence. We have evidence. We have, and you never know how much you have because governments tend to say, well, we know, but we don't want to tell you. But Trump hinted last week that he could use tariffs to respond to China for its handling of the COVID-19 outbreak. Don't, keep in mind, he's not saying you created, now he's saying the handling of it. And that could, again, push us towards, you know, the political rhetoric of November and re-elections, where his angle is, if you don't re-elect me, then the deal with the Chinese is going to go bad. Joe Biden is soft on China. Joe Biden, blah, 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 right? So we know what political rhetoric looks like. And my opinion is, I know you're saying you're a Pollyanna. My opinion is we probably don't want another trade war, tariff war with China with pandemic sandwich in the middle. But call me crazy. 
Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway reported a $30 billion quarterly loss. For one of the greatest investors of all time, reported a $30 billion. The companies he collectively owns reported $30 billion in losses. Makes sense, right? He owns a lot of companies. His entire stake in airlines, where he owned 8 to 10% of the four largest airlines in the United States. And then you start getting into securities issues where you can't own more without like being like, whoa, what are you doing? You're a billionaire. You're trying to own key infrastructure in the world. Like, no. So United Airlines shares are down 10%, 11% today. American Airlines down 11 Southwest down 9 Delta Airlines down 10 This is after all the S... All the poop has hit the fan in March and April. These stocks still have 10% shocking moves in them? Whoa. COVID-19 treatments are higher today. <clears throat> Little Van Halen will go, higher, higher, straight up will fly. Gilead Science is up. Moderna up. Roche up. All rallied as well after an FDA approval of COVID-19 antibody tests. It's an interesting day. I do love Wall Street. Every day you come in, there's something going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Dow is falling to start the week, but tech gains are limiting the market's downfall. We're starting to get to the point where we're a couple months into this calamity on the stock market or volatility on the stock market. We're starting to say, what do we think is a winner and what do we think is a loser? And that can shift a little bit, not much, but as the days go on, you see the trend happen from all those little shifts. Um, I don't want to talk about that story. There's one story right smack in front of me. Um, it's just not worth hitting. Well, schools reopen in September. This is, again, we're dealing with a lot of psychological issues. And having talked with neighbors, some kids are in college and some kids' colleges are communicating with them. Then you have kids in grade school and, you know, uh, you happen to know a superintendent. You kind of start seeing the range of motion here, right? Well, schools open in September. What will travel look like? Will parents continue to be able to juggle child care with employment? A lot of questions, in my opinion. It's probably, arguably, the last two feathers in overcoming an economic recovery. You can't send some kids back to school, and then the kids' parents all look different like golden clay. Is it two parents that have to work to make the rent still? Is it two blue-collar jobs to make the rent still? Is it one white-collar, one stay-at-home? The kids are going to be like the ones affected here big time, so we're being very careful to figure out when that most essential complication can come to an end. A lot of parents simply can't go back to work if their children are still home, so no matter what government officials or business executives say about potential recovery timeframes, Think about how many special needs children there are. Think about, again, how many parents the, the kid's four, the kid's three, the kid's two. And they want to go back to work, but you know the daycare's not open or the school's not open. 
it's going to be weird for me to think about will you let your kids be tested with thermometers? Will you let your kids be tested with, you know, a nose swab to go back to school? Eh. Big questions, right? In China, schools for older students have begun slowly reopening with social distancing, smaller class sizes, other restrictions. Students have their temperature checked at school gates and show a green symbol on a phone. I don't know if you've looked into the whole uh, monitoring system that China's put in place. And we've talked about, do we do that with our cell phones here? And Apple and Google have come up with APIs so developers can develop apps while they, too, are developing apps for... If you don't have the symptoms, can your phone give you a check mark? If you've went to the doctor and got a test, can your phone give you a check mark? It seems like a system that could be implemented because so many people have cell phones and so many people walk around and walk past each other by Bluetooth technologies. Um, but are we going to go for that? The coming weeks are going to be fun, in my opinion. But yeah, getting kids back to school is a big thing. One of the, the theories that I've heard is schools open back up in July, and they run their school year until Christmas, and that's the whole school year. Then they shut down for three months, everyone works at home, and they open back up, and that's how you beat the virus. Now, I don't care what side of the fence you're on, you're going to be divided. If you're, you know, the anti-vaxxers versus the vaxxers, if you're this is just a flu, let it kill people, I don't know. But you're going to be pretty pissed off thinking about school radically changing like that. A lot of thoughts that are out there. We'll keep talking about them, and we'll get back to business in the next segment. I got a segment that I want to share with you that I'm a little bit sad about. 2019 music was awesome. 2020, it sucked. What's the investment ramification? I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. This is the band Haim. Three sisters. I dig it. This video is directed by a Hollywood director, Paul Michael Anderson. It's very blue. Right now is the name of the song. Um, well, my whole point is, okay, Instagram. I'm not a big social media guy. I feel like music has died, and one of the things that I've done to try to stay in touch with it is subscribe to some of my favorite bands on Instagram. Um, I don't want to see you on Instagram. I don't want to see you and your kid mountain bike and you and your ugly kid going to a restaurant going, oh, look, what's that thing from the past? I don't want that. I just want to stay in touch with the bands that I like. I, I, one of my few things that I, you know, flip out on. I don't watch sports. I don't, you know, adore sports. I'm not, you know, oh, I could tell you about every motorcycle or every beer. I can't do that. I just like enjoying hearing good music that I like. So anyway, <clears throat> Heim does a pretty funny Instagram. Three sisters, and in my world of kind of the rock and world sense, I kind of grew up with. Uh, Boys, hot chicks, rock, music, loud guitars, partying dudes. Like, there was kind of this, kind of like this image of it, right? Oh, I'm on COVID is pretty funny. You kind of, there's a little bit of, there's a little sex appeal going on for sure. Uh, they're showing you what they're doing during COVID, and it typically involves like dancing in front of a mirror. Not very sexy. 
Um, she's doing some funny stuff with like reading a newspaper, kind of naked, but she can't see anything because the newspaper is conveniently placed. Or she's drinking a really big, it's not a big glass of gin, but the glass is conveniently placed to hide everything. And it's showing you like rock rollers who are bored, but they're still trying to rock and roll. Uh, cute, right? I feel that the thing that we lost this year, and it still makes me scratch my head, is music. Rob's having to live his music world through Instagram and seeing what rock and rollers are doing like when they're not doing rock and roll. Otherwise, I'd be going to shows. But this has been a, a pretty weird year for a lot of people. The, you know, SmackDown, if your kids like wrestling, canceled. There's no audience in the stands. There's very few live events going on. And we're trying to figure out which live events can we like deal with. For instance, this weekend and last weekend, uh, I noticed NBC and Fox were running a lot of horse races because it's legal to bet on horse races in the United States. And I guess they make more money on the betting than they do on the fan attendance because I think attendance is usually like a dollar to get into most horse race places and they get you on the food and the the gambling, right? So we're kind of trying to figure out what's going to be a major stadium act and what's not and what is going to be a major stadium act. Um, we're seeing Travis Scott pulling 28 million eyeballs at least on a virtual concert inside of a video game where the only cost of the ticket was you have to have an internet connection. But the moment that his video was released, he also said, if you want merch, you can go to my website. So trying to figure out how to be creative and artistic at a time of you're not allowed to go out and hang out with people. I told you I was bummed when Major Stadium Max, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer, Panic at the Disco, Lords, Alanis Morissette, have all had to cancel shows. Again, I'm not going to go see Alanis Morissette's. I would see Panic at the Disco in the right circumstances. Um, the king of live shows has been a stock that we've talked about a lot. Live Nation Entertainment, and we've... You know, Ticketmaster essentially is what we're talking about. And if you've ever got tickets to Ticketmaster, you, you feel like, what just happened? Because first you have to justify your kids are like, man, I want tickets to see Justin Bieber. So you got to throw down $100 for a ticket to see Justin Bieber. But then when you start seeing the fees and the services tied to it, so you're, that's not right. They don't do that kind of stuff at grocery stores. They don't do that kind of stuff anywhere else. And you're like, how do they, what just happened there? Your $100 ticket is like a $172 ticket. And you can justify a grossly overpriced ticket on one hand, but you can't justify that's what you're actually paying. Now, Live Nation is fascinating to me because I kind of like to invest in the in the jerks of the world. The companies that have pricing power. The companies that have demand. And if I want to see a show, I go to Live Nation or I don't go. So Live Nation has a balance sheet issue. They have $4.6 billion in lease obligations and long-term debt. They only have $2.5 billion in cash. Now, part of the money that they hold in cash is I bought tickets for an August show at Shoreline. 
I probably paid $100 ticket times four, 400. The service fees were probably, again, like I said, another $200. So it's probably $600. They got to give me that money back. The moment that show is canceled, they now have to give it back. They can't say, oh, we're going to hold on to it to see if it's rescheduled. Holding on to it to see if it's rescheduled gives them the ability to pay some of their bills with that cash while trying to bring in more cash to set up you know, paying other bills in the future. I'm not saying there's anything shabby or horrible out there counting. It's just to the edge. It doesn't give them a lot of cushion. So they do what are called security and exchange filings, which we've talked a little bit more about on the show recently, annual reports, quarterly reports, S filings. And the CEO said, I'm not going to take a $3 million salary. And believe it or not, when you start looking at it, $3 million is a lot of money to this company because they need that cash flow in the good times. So Live Nation thinks they're going to have the ability to weather the storm. But when do we get back? If we're seeing concerts in the fall, I'm in. You know, I, I like NHL hockey. I always have. I'm not really passionate enough to get season tickets myself. But I would say I, I wouldn't mind going to Vegas to take a kid or Vancouver or other areas. Like, I wouldn't mind doing that. But I don't know when Live Nation's going to be able to take my money. Not only Live Nation, but WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. They need They need tickets to the gate. Madison Square Garden, same thing, publicly traded company, ticker symbol MSGS, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, MSG, uh, E is Madison Square Garden Entertainment, and like it's some pretty crazy stuff going on. Madison Square Garden announced at the end of March that it would temporarily halt construction of its $1.7 billion MSG Sphere Auditorium in Las Vegas. So they were expanding their business. They want us to have more destinations, more venues that are theirs that they can sell tickets into. So a lot of independent live entertainment landmarks are expected to be gone. You've already started to see some of the smaller music venues in San Francisco buckle up and do GoFundMe pages. Uh, They're applying, concert venues are applying for Paycheck Protection Program loans. Uh, when they used to sell concert shirts, they're now selling Save the Venue shirts. It's not good, in my opinion, because it's one of the cultural events that I can escape to and say, hey, it's worth living on this planet. It's not just a rat race for money. What do you feel about some landmarks disappearing, about not going to live shows, about not knowing when you're going to go to a live show? What if you were a band like Haim who was just getting ready to release an album or... Uh, the Killers. Now they have to like set that back, and as popular acts, they're going to hurt another popular act when everyone rushes at the same time. Universal's Trolls rock and roll tour movie upsetting the AMC and Regal Entertainment companies of saying, you know, we released it straight to video because we didn't really want to sit on it for too long, and we don't know what we're competing against in the future. We we made a lot of money on it, and sorry, like they're apologizing to the, the movie theaters. Because they had an entertainment product that they thought could go stale. Um, the Makeout Room Music Club in San Francisco is doing charity events now. 
trying to, you know, a bailout nightlife in the Bay Area, which, again, I don't know where you're listening right now, but if you spend any of your 20s or 30s in a big city like Chicago or New York or San Francisco, um, Boston, Atlanta, all great cities, all with wonderful music, um, you kind of go, this kind of sucks. You know, my ability to meet a woman, a member of the opposite sex, I, I wasn't doing Tinder. It wasn't around. I wasn't a bar fly kind of guy. I don't want to go get, you know, smoked in the face and like. <laughs> my my game was go see live music. There's a lot of good looking people there, members of both sex. So I mean, if that game's being taken, like, there's a lot here, right? And how the industry's trying to respond, and how desperate am I that I'm actually got onto Instagram, even though I'm not an Instagram kind of guy. So Live Nation is a stock that I want to own. I can't own it till I just won't. Till I hear a sniff of the economic success is happening, until I hear a sniff of kids going back to school. Uh, that's going to be my, my bullet. And I don't know if it's going to be that, but it's going to be something like that. Um, so let's pay attention. Psychologically, when do we get back to work? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for indulging me. I try to bring the right kind of content to you to get you to retirement. That's going to be super important. You work from age 20 to 60 in your 20s and 30s. You go to musical live shows. In your 30s, you start having kids. We have a whole life of economic thoughts to think about. But getting you to retirement is my goal. 60 to 100 with a nice little income. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Time flies, right? Feels like just a month ago, we were in a market that was pulling back 30 to 40%. It feels like just a couple weeks ago, we were in a market that was soaring back to within 10, 15% of all-time highs. And we started the year after having nine straight-up years on Wall Street that felt like, whoa, nothing could stop us now. Well, we learned. There's always, there's not always going to be a wrench in the plan, but things will get mucked up on occasion. Um, man, this is fantastic. I'm going to drop that story because to me it's fantastic. And people getting caught in lies uh, politically are kind of funny, and watching people just stand by their opinion. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Warren Buffett's company sits on a huge pile of cash. Um, Berkshire Hathaway had reported a nearly $50 billion loss. What are they going to do with that cash? They have a ton of cash. But will that go to support dividend? Will it go to, and it starts bringing up a lot of questions. Um. Berkshire's revenue only grew at 1%. And in the last couple of years, Berkshire, who's famous for finding stocks to buy, hasn't really bought any. He's famous for being what is perceived to be a value investor, and he hasn't really found any. Um, I'm throwing that out there because I think there's a story there. Nine years up stock market, 10 year up stock market, started the year off like, whoa, we're going to have another great year. And he has been buying in a while. Some reality is setting in this week. And I think as the week went on last week that, you know, 
lot of what we've seen aren't just warnings. They're, they're warnings about economic future, not warnings about economic now. So the low price of oil, the low price of the 10-year treasury. There was a commentary that I saw over the weekend, I think it was in Barron's, that said something to the nature of, this is the most hated stock market recovery. Because people like me are saying, well, like, well where are the earnings? Where are the revenues? Where's, where's the loss of massive earnings? When do we see that curb? When do we know when people come back? And like the king of all of that is Disney. I, I've loved Disney in the past because one of the things they've done is they've never lowered prices. They always raise prices. And they've raised their game in the studios. They didn't just like stop at buying Pixar. They're like, let's pick up, you know, George Lucas films too. While we're at it, let's get all those uh, comic book movies, and we'll milk that franchise better than Marvel can. So Disney's off a little bit today because Michael Nathanson, an analyst, has downgraded the stock to neutral from buy. Now I've always liked the stock because. I probably remember a day and age when tickets to get into Disney were probably like 20 bucks in my lifetime. And they'd become 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100. And they keep going up every year. Another $5 to get in. Oh, but our super saver pass, uh, we've only increased by the tune of 2% instead of 5%. Like they do that. And we're like, we'll take it. Our kids need to, he needs Mickey. Two-year-old kids like Mickey. I don't know why. You you introduce a six-foot rat to me? I'm like, ah. Uh-uh. No, thank you. But kids love that stuff. <clears throat> and the analyst is basically saying that we see significant revisions on the negative side due to the grim reality. It's an admission that we believe the economic impact on the company will, will be longer than most anticipate, especially given the risks of second wave of infections that we're starting to hear about. Although we've heard bogus and probably accurate information on that. South Korea came out over the weekend and said, yeah, we've seen a lot of second test positives, probably because the first tests were inaccurate. Because they were out of China. Man, China's like the redheaded stepchild right now. Anything that you want to blame, you just blame on them. Um, economic recovery was in full swing, and then China hid the COVID. Then economic recovery was great, and China hid the, the lab. I'm going to try to put like all my flaws into China right now. Like, Mom, that time I got a B on my homework, it was because COVID. China! Well, I can't pass the buck that much, but you get the idea. That's kind of going on right now, a little scapegoating. <clears throat> so Disney getting a downgrade based on an analyst saying, I don't know when this is going to come back, if it comes back. He's not saying F, but when's a big question. Like last week, we started seeing some guidelines of what Disney was talking about. For them to open back up, they may want to go 50% of park attendance for the first month or two months, and then 75% for the next month or two months after that. But then again, you start getting into uh, Trudeau in Canada. He said any sports figures that comes to our country will have to go through the two-week quarantine. So basketball can't open up. Football can't open up. Anyone who has to travel to Canada, I guess football can't open up. 
Canadian football still like this? <laughs> Joke. But you get the idea. Like, they're saying, we're serious about this. We're still going to quarantine people. It appears that Australia and New Zealand's hardcore stance on quarantining kind of made them the safest places to go right now. I know. They're saying, blokes, mates, don't come here. We're sick. Which basically means go there because they've got less resolute. Anyway, um, elsewhere in the news, not just Disney, Carnival stock swings higher as they, too, are starting to talk about a phase-in resumption of cruises this summer. Um, how does this get derailed? I don't know. Does it? Or are we happy to see it? It'll be lumpy, it sounds like, which means it shouldn't be a smooth V-shaped recovery, but call me a jerk for saying that out loud. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com, also robblackshow.com. That's Rob Black Show.